Marshall slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Watt looks up, taps it back, Dodonov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Watt sets up Dodonov! Knights five, Blackhawks four! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Getting back at it, VGK Insider Show, chatting about the Golden Knights schedule coming down the stretch, won five in a row overall, five in a row at home, and they're back at T-Mobile Arena tomorrow night against the Vancouver Canucks. We have tickets to that game that we will give away sometime during this hour as the Golden Knights try to extend uh, a couple of uh, season-high runs where it's going in the right direction uh, for Vegas uh, inside a playoff spot. And tonight, watching the out-of-town scoreboard where the likes of the Dallas Stars right behind Vegas uh, hooking up with the New York Islanders. Yet to get underway, Minnesota Wild and the Nashville Predators. The Predators tied with the Vegas Golden Knights and ahead of Vegas but within range the Edmonton Oilers face the San Jose Sharks. Uh, a lot to get to in this hour. Darren Millard at Studio 31 at City National Arena and out of Treasure Island. It's Ryan Wallace. And today's return to practice for the Vegas Golden Knights featured a lot of information coming out of the media session in which we spoke with Pete DeBoer, the head coach, and then Robin Leonard came in. Uh, we didn't hear from Robin the other night after the uh, victory against uh, the Vancouver Canucks, and there was a lot to dissect between uh, both gentlemen's appearances today. Yeah, sure was. Um, I, as we've kind of come to, to talk about throughout the, the majority of the season, Pete DeBoer at press conferences, it, it's like a dissertation on how to how to how to kind of lighten the mood, how to engage media, and also how to um, keep things light. I guess would be the best way to put it. Pete was uh, really in one today. He was absolutely fantastic in, in terms of his media availability. And then uh, from a, from a Robin Leonard perspective, I, I thought that some of the points made uh, were were phenomenal about kind of like what aspects of the game take longer to come back as a goaltender or longer to trust as a goaltender. Um, and then obviously uh, Robin spoke a little bit about social media and, and some decisions there. So I, I thought it was informative, intriguing, and, and really interesting today coming out of the Golden Knights uh, post-practice media availability. I learned something. I didn't know that Robin Leonard had deleted his Twitter account. You don't spend any time on Twitter, so I don't find that surprising. Did you know? Yeah. Huh. I didn't like the uh, day it happened. Was not uh, not aware of that. I'm actually kind of proud of the fact I didn't know that, that I'm separated myself uh, from that. You do a good in, job. Which in a way is, I think, a little healthier. And, and Robin's going to explain exactly why he did that and yeah. made that decision. But first, let's start with Pete and just get an update because with the couple of days between games – between the two Vancouver contests and then a couple of days between games between Vancouver and Arizona, there's a thought out there, which I am part of, with how many players, if any, can Vegas get back during this lull or soft part of the schedule when it comes to uh, the number of games. 
So Pete was asked about Stone and Pacioretty and then some one-offs uh, where he was asked about Brassois and Smith uh, going down the list of the, the players that are out of the lineup. Here's Pete's reaction to the question about Stone and Pacioretty, and then hopefully you can hear the names that are brought up as, as Pete uh, offers quicker responses. Uh, him and uh, Pacioretty are skating, um, and uh, no other update other than that. I mean, they're, they're not reintegrated with our group yet, so that would be the next step, uh, you know, uh, on their return to play. So they're, they're not there yet. No, not close. Not close. Not close. Lorraine not close. There's no cavalry coming. <laughs> the only one I was thinking of, William Carlson. but It uh, got stopped before that. No cavalry coming, but Stone and Pacioretty were on the ice today. Uh, they were over on the other rink, and then we spotted them crossing over just as practice started uh, on the main rink, uh, going into the to the. Vegas Golden Knights uh, dressing room. So uh, they were spotted. They had equipment on. They were on the ice, but not integrated with the group yet. So not um, anytime soon. Not imminent uh, for for a return uh, for Stoner Pacioretty. Yeah, um, it was it was fun. It was interesting. Uh, one to try to. Uh, remember all the players that are currently still out of the lineup yeah. for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but then the the quick response, rapid fire, not close, cavalry, all that. It, it was it was interesting. And, and again, I think that that's a tough. It's just it's it's a tough narrative right now when it comes to this team because there's nothing. Uh, I would argue that Pete DeBoer and, and every Golden Knights fan would like to see then this team at full strength and and you have that full complement of players. Um, but it's just not the case, and, and I think Pete's done a really good job of coaching the players that are in the lineup to playing a, a, at another level, and it's been that way over the last five games for the Golden Knights. Three weeks to go. How many, realistically, would you like to see back to give Vegas an opportunity to significantly uh, improve their chances of winning the first round? Um, well, I mean, I guess the, the, the question becomes how many can come back in terms of salary cap numbers, all that. But, um, I mean, ideally, but playoff, I, playoffs, I, no cap. So I'm just think, but thinking, but you're talking about tune ups to the playoffs, right? So you're, no, you're I'm more, more, how many do you need in the next little bit to give yourself a chance to win, uh, the first round so they can come back in two days they can come back in three weeks, but they're back uh, by the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. How many how many players do you need back uh, to win to win that first round? Uh, significantly improve your chances over this right. current roster. I, I think you need at minimum Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, and Riley Smith back in the lineup. Mm. Like I, I think I think in order to feel confident and and comfortable on the Golden Knights being a team that you see winning a first round matchup, I think you need tune up games for all of those guys. Like, I, I think in order to hit game one of the playoffs feeling good, you need some runway for Mark Stone, for Max Pacioretty, and for Riley Smith. 
See, Pacioretty's done it a couple of times, and so is Stone. So I wonder if they can more easier slide into the lineup uh, because they've been in and out a, a couple of times this year. I wonder if that allows them to make the transition a little bit more. I'd love to see Nick Hag be available and, and give yourself an option uh, with uh, another defenseman. I'd love to see Will Carrier uh, in there. Riley Smith uh, to, to, to give yourself some, some d- different options. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to go with one or the other, Pacioretty or Stone, Smith and Hag. So, like, if we're if we're talking about this from the the literal most important player to come back, it'd be Mark Stone. Yeah, because yeah, you, from, need, you need from everywhere, you need, like every level. You need emotionally. You need, you yeah. need Mark Stone to have some time to play with Jack Eichel, whether that be on the same line, whether that be away from each other. I, I do think there's merit and and there's probably something to be gleaned from having Pacioretty, Stone, Eichel, and the Misfits all on the ice at the same time together because if those are going to be how you distribute your top two lines, you've got to see what the chemistry is going to look like between Eichel and Stone and Pacioretty because, as we've seen, it's taken some time for Jack Eichel to have the chemistry uh, that he's got with with Evgeny Dodonov and Chandler Stevenson, and there have been different combinations there. So um, most important, Mark Stone. If you're asking me ideally – what I'd like to see in order to have full confidence, this team's going to get out of the first round if they make the playoffs. I want Mark Stone, I want Max Pacioretty, I want Riley Smith, and I want my full complement of top six forwards in the lineup to feel really good that their game is dialed in. Do you get the sense, though, that this might be, that might be it? Like what, what we see now might be it for the final 11? When I hear Pete say, not close, not close, not close, not close, yeah, yeah. I do. No, Stone and Pacioretty being seen. I don't know how long it takes from going from being seen crossing the ice to being in the integrated into the lineup and then playing. Uh, it's, it's funny. A, a coach uh, was was talking about this the other day, the, and it was uh, Todd McClellan, the uh, Los Angeles Kings. There's a big difference between Drew Doughty returning and practicing and and say they dominated the game uh player x i'm not going to throw anybody else uh in there player x being cleared practicing with the team and how fast they go back into the lineup like drew dowdy 10 minutes practice he's in the lineup they dominated the game player x might get three four five six practices before they go back into the lineup when we see Pacioretty and Stone back, I think, in, in a regular colored sweater, mm-hmm. uh, because they may come back uh, and, and, and practice in, in a non-contact jersey, but when they're, when they're in the regular colored sweater, those are two guys that go right back in because right. they're doing everything yeah. else with Misha Donskov, the uh, assistant coach that handles a lot of the rehab for the players and, and, and the therapists and, and the treatment. They're... So valuable, they go right back in. Uh, I, I don't know about Will Carrier. Do you take a little bit more time with the, with the Will Carrier, with the Nick Hag, uh, that kind of thing? I would put Riley Smith into the same category of of Stone or Pacioretty. I, I mean, I, I would agree with you. Um, you know, again, I, I, I don't think that we can have this conversation without, you know, at least mentioning and, and, and understanding that that 
the salary cap does exist. And you know, right now for the Golden Knights, I, I don't know what the avenues look like to activating either Pacioretty or Stone if they are ready. But yeah, if they're ready to go and they are practicing and and the cap stuff works itself out, as soon as they're ready to go, they're they're playing in games. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, one comes back, and then you'd have to make a move to get the other one back by by the yeah. sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can still make trades uh, here in the uh, in the final three weeks. Uh, let's go over to Robin Leonard, and uh, he made his uh, his first start since March eighth. Uh, and he beat the Vancouver Canucks in that 3-2 overtime game, which featured uh, plenty of twists and turns for the Panda. Uh, and he was asked uh, just uh, how he felt coming back into the lineup. Fairly good. Uh, it's nice to get a win. Um, it's always a little rusty coming back. Uh, I think it was like three, four weeks, right? So, But uh, nice to get back into it here in the last push. So got to keep going. Uh, I- I just mentioned this to to Robin because we had a great graphic up on on Sunday, which illustrated the in the last thirteen months that Robin's been out of the lineup four different times, and he's come back and all four of those first games back, mm-hmm. he's been able to win, which is kind of odd. You'd expect one, maybe two, hopefully three, but to win after significant absences, uh, all four times. That's a real credit to Robin Leonard. Yeah. Uh, to to not have uh, anything uh, ill effect uh, uh, take over his game because he's not in, in any type of rhythm. And uh, this was his uh, his answer to why he's been so good uh, coming off absences. Are you saying I should be injured more and come back? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that it's a problem with it. No. no rust at all. No, but it's. Uh, I think it's a combination of a few different things. I think. Uh, I think when you come back, no matter circumstance uh, or uh, uh, another player comes back, I think it's a boost for the team, and the team does a little bit extra to try to make it good for you. You know, like I thought last game, we played a really good game. Uh, guys worked hard for me and, uh, and helped me out. Sometimes that goes into it, but uh, also when you're injured, it, you practice for a little bit, and you know maybe you work on some details a bit more i don't know I've, i don't have an answer for you that that last part was a really good point though mm-hmm. that you're, you're dialed into some of the more fundamental parts of of goaltending uh, the, the speed of the game will always be a challenge when it as much for a goaltender as anybody yeah. but but just that building that foundation back uh, he's been able to do it and that four no record off of absences uh, that is incredible uh it in, in my opinion, of, of where he's been able to give them big points. And one of those, he, he rattled off eight wins in a nine-game stretch. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Robin's just kind of attention to detail uh, has been fantastic. And, and the idea that, you know, maybe that's honed in a little bit more because you, you're getting the reps in practice. That's, it's been kind of your main focus on your road to getting back into the game. Um, I find that interesting because, you know, we, we – have marveled at at Robin um, and his game and, and being in the right place at the right time and and, and being structured and in, in kind of his reads and, and making the right plays. So um, I think the the fact that he's got that dialed in it, it's a good thing and it bodes well for the Golden Knights. But you know he's he's had that over his last ten or twelve games. Like he's he's just been very very good over that stretch. And and I think 
it gets lost a little bit because he's missed so much time over the last two months because of it. Uh, he, he is trying to get on a roll here because in the last uh, little bit, he's kind of alternated wins, losses, wins, losses. Like, the numbers are better. Yeah. And the run support wasn't really there. But win, loss, win, loss. Uh, he'd love to get on a real heater right now because there's some pressure on the Golden Knights goaltenders right now to, to really give this team as much support as possible. This isn't just not losing a game. For, for the hockey club, in a lot of cases, the goaltender has to be, by a significant margin, the better goaltender than the other team, uh, the way they are set up uh, with, with the forwards. And he knows, uh, acknowledged that he's got to raise the bar and be better than 100%. I feel I'm close, but it's uh, this time of year and this time of time, I need to be better than my 100%, you know. It's, it's time to raise the bar, all of us. Uh, we, uh, we need to win, and... Uh, there's no other option, so it's uh, just being good is not good enough right now, so we just got to keep going. That question, it, the question was, are, are you 100%? Uh, I think it was meant physically. Yeah. Uh, are you 100%? But he took it as in where his game is at right now and where he needs to be in performance. I like that answer way better than, than <laughs> where, where the question was asked. Uh, and it it was just interpreted uh, differently. But I, I th- that answer right there tells me he's ready to take on all responsibility to get this team into the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's what he's here for, right? Like, that's, that's, his, that's his job. And, and you know, we, we kind of look at Robin Leonard and, and we, we recognize that his season has been um, a lot of starts and stops because of injury, just like nearly everybody else on the Vegas Golden Knights. But he's back for crunch time. He's back with 11 games left to go in the season. And the, the pressure uh, and, and everyone's understanding that if the Golden Knights go on a run, they can make playoffs. And if they make playoffs, get in. Who knows what comes from there? So um, I, I think this is a number one goaltender. This is what you live for. These are the opportunities you want to, to have. And this is the pressure that you, that you relish when you're in this position. I love hearing him uh, talk about uh, support uh, of his fellow goaltenders, too. It was like that with Marc-Andre. Uh, and certainly uh, today he rattled off uh, how goaltenders go through different stretches. And he made a point, and this was a sort of a query about Logan Thompson buying some time for Robin in, in those two games in which Robin backed up and the performance by the, the Southpaw rookie uh, in the last couple of weeks. And he said, yeah, like... Logan was great and, and did everything right, and we're, we're so happy for him. But he said he also was very uh, out of his way to point out that Laurent Bressois was 9-3 and three for, uh, to start the season and had a great stretch uh, with, with those nine victories in 12 decisions uh, to, to give uh, the Golden Knights some, some valuable points and then went into uh, a, a slide that uh, they had all goaltenders go through at times so i thought that was uh, that was cool how we how he acknowledged the 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 entire goaltending and logan thompson called it a goaltending department but mm-hmm. uh, how all three goaltenders and with mike rosati have been able to put together a a, a group uh win total instead of just one guy carrying the whole load yeah i mean i think it's it's indicative of you know the, the type of teammate that robin leonard is right like it, it would have been easy i think in that moment to um, 
let your recency bias take over and, and only point out the contributions of uh, Logan Thompson. I think we've been guilty of that here in, in just kind of looking at what Logan was able to do over the last 10 games. But, you know, for the Golden Knights midseason, Loren Brossois came in and gave them some strong, solid play. And, and throughout a season where you've been dealing with injuries everywhere, uh, all throughout the lineup, uh, as, as much as we've, you know, lauded, say, Brett Howden or, or we've lauded um, – you know, Michael Amadio for the contributions that he's had coming in and, and, and scoring big-time goals and helping this team win hockey games. Uh, we've got to do the same for what con- for the contributions that Logan Thompson just gave, uh, but also what Lauren Brossois gave in the middle of the season when the Golden Knights needed somebody in that. We'll finish with the social media conversation, but before we get there, today was the first opportunity to pick the brain of Robin Leonard about what happened with the goofy goal that tied the game on Sunday in that five-on-three scenario uh, in which Bo Horvat didn't touch the puck and the, and the puck eventually uh, went off of uh, William Carlson and then uh, the stick of Alec Martinez and into the net. Uh, here's how Robin Leonard saw it all go down. One part of the fan base will think one thing and the other part that knows will think the other thing. It's uh, what it is. Happened probably a hundred times in my career. If it's a face-off back to me, I'm gonna deflect it to the side. We're gonna rim it down, and it's just unlucky touch goes five holes. What it is? There's nothing more to it. It wasn't like I was staring at something fun in the stands, and uh, you know, saw a hamburger or something, and <laughs> it uh, was very, very bad luck. But. Uh, don't matter. I think we we went to overtime. I, I think I've been really good in overtime this year, and actually been better in shootouts. And I wasn't worried about it. You know, what a great answer! Yeah, so cool. And then throws in like I wasn't looking, and uh, I, I don't know whether that came from somewhere because I didn't even think that uh, that that he was distracted. Let's may I, I let's hope there wasn't a picture of a whopper that's thirty five percent bigger up the uh, somewhere. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think that commentary kind of leads directly into the social media conversation. Mm-hmm. So when did when did he delete the Twitter account? Uh, it was it was over over the weekend. I want to say either Friday or Saturday. Okay. So that was be- before he went back into the goal. Yeah, yeah, it on was Sunday it was before before he went back into uh, into the game. I, I, if if memory serves me, I, I believe it was. Friday, perhaps Saturday. I could be blending here. I, I don't know what day it is. Now, good on you for knowing. I'm perfectly patting myself on the back right now that I didn't notice that. And and I, I don't even know how you notice it. Like, how, how does that even come about that, that you're alerted to somebody deleting their Twitter account? Alerted to it? Not so much. Just there. Like somebody there tells are, you? There are, there are just, you know, people, I think, that keep an eye on those things. And, and as we will come to hear from Robin, like, that that account has, has been very good for a How lot of people. How did you find out? I was told. Okay, you were told. So. Yeah. It wasn't like, I mean, you, like were, you, were, you weren't searching like I, out every day. Yeah, I don't, I don't wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is check yeah. Robin Leonard's Twitter. Like, that's not, that's not it. I was told about it. But, you know, it, 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 when, when you're active on social media, Darren, those things happen. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. baffling that uh, that it became uh, a story. But why did he do it was uh, certainly a question that David Shane from the Las Vegas Review-Journal asked today. And 
got a a pretty honest answer about, and you got to listen to all the words and and what he's saying here. Uh, I'm not surprised when he, when he goes down this path that that he made the decision that he did. Uh, many different reasons. Nothing we really need to go go into here. I just thought it was uh, it was time. Uh, it uh, it's unfortunate. It's been a very good tool for me to help a lot of people, but it's also been a good tool that's not been good for me as well. So, um, in the end of the day, I, you know, I got to take care of myself first, and it's not been an easy climate for me out there, and I've been fine with that before, but uh, times enough's enough. Good on him. Uh, I'm surprised that he deleted it and didn't just like walk away from it. Uh, there's, it's almost you put it totally out of reach because here's a guy that that after games one of the mm-hmm. first thing he does is is post on on twitter yeah. uh, about that particular outing and uh what he experienced he he was very uh, upfront active not just uh, on the mental health side of it but also uh what happened in in games and before we'd ever hear from him in the media uh press conference he we would we would get a tweet uh, from from Robin Leonard from inside the dressing room, and it, it almost sounds like it's just like I'm getting to resist any type of urge to go back to it. Uh, just you know, out of sight, out of mind. It's done. Yeah, I, I think that it's really easy to to say oh, I'm just going to take a break, or, or I'm going to walk away, or I'm not going to check it as regularly. Uh, but there's something gripping about social media that pulls you right back in. Right. Believe me, I I consume way too much media via Twitter than, than I, I, I care to admit. But that being said, I think clean break is, is probably the best way to go. And, you know, it, it's, if, if it's not serving you in a positive way, uh, then you have to start evaluating, right, like what you're doing and why you're doing it. And um, I, I think what Robin has done and, and continues to do uh, for, for mental health issues and, and awareness is uh, top-notch, second to none like it, it, it's a guy and, and his twitter account has has helped out many many people um, i also appreciate robin and and his stance for trying to better the situation of his players of players around him of everybody in the league um, but i can tell you being somebody that hosts a a program after games um in which people call in i can tell you based on someone that's very very connected on social media it is a toxic situation and a toxic climate and it's no real surprise to me that when that's the climate you are are living in and existing in for large periods of time it comes to a point where it's too much and and that's that's a shame because there's going to be people that don't have that 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 particular Twitter account as an outlet for some of the things that they're dealing with. And there are people that won't be able to draw inspiration from that. But I understand, and and as you mentioned, good on Robin for recognizing it and just saying flat out, no, I can't do it anymore. The the climate's too much. Stick tap to him. Something happened, obviously, uh, to, to cause him to go down that path. And he hasn't played in three weeks. So maybe it was building before that. Mm-hmm. And and we know that uh, that there's been comments, uh, and he's he's battled uh, in that area of, of people siding with uh, with different loyalties uh, in and around the hockey world. But 
it's it's the timing of it was was struck me because he he wasn't playing at the time and he's not deleting this Twitter account because things are rosy and he's being flooded with with great comments. Yeah, it's a distraction and there's obviously some things that were said and to those that that said those things, shame on you. Yeah. You, 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 you cause somebody that's done a lot of really good things via social media to delete that, that account. And I don't know who anybody uh, is, what they've said, what they've done. Uh, you may be listening to this program, you may not, but it's, uh, it's a lesson for all of us to, uh, to think about what we post and how we say it and, and who we say it to. Uh, regarding uh, what what we're commenting on, but it's uh, Robin Leonard said it. Uh, we've heard Logan Thompson talk about uh, uh, the goalie coaches in their mom's basement, and and how it uh, it can get out there. Uh, we we all love to be able to say what we want, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a, there's a certain amount of respect and uh, and just uh, how you should phrase things. Uh, if if you're not gonna if you wouldn't say it to Robin's face, you shouldn't be posting it on Twitter, mm-hmm. and. We, we just lost, uh, or people, the world, lost an avenue uh, to, to, to help people through Robin Leonard and, and, and mental health. So that's a shame. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't have much else to, to put there. Um, my commentary would not be as uh, uh, fair uh, as, yeah. as yours is because it, it sucks. Like, there's no other way to to, oh, yeah. to parse it. And you know what? It, it's It's ridiculous and and it's it's basic human decency and like you know we we could all do a little bit better to to recognize that understand that that you know just because um you know just because we're talking to professional athletes or we're talking to people that are in the public eye or whatever the case may be they're still human at the end of the day and and you you know as as you mentioned if you wouldn't walk up to robin leonard and say it you probably shouldn't be saying it but unfortunately um you can be anonymous. Unfortunately, you can run your mouth on Twitter as much as you want to um, and say ridiculous and, and hurtful things, and there's never a consequence for it. And it's, it's a shame, and it sucks. He's a big man, and he's an intimidating man. Uh, I, get, I get scared just walking up and saying hi to him. So oh, I yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say anything else to him. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and, uh, and just uh, take that uh, as a little bit of advice uh, moving forward. And it, it might have been a distraction, too, uh, that, that – keeps him uh, on the right side of his focus uh, as as a person, the right side of the focus as an athlete, and the right side of the focus uh, in the benefit of the, the Golden Knights. So uh, I give him uh, a lot of credit for making that uh, decision. When we continue, it's one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. But right now, let's give away two tickets to see the Vegas Golden Knights against the Vancouver Canucks uh, tomorrow night at T-Mobile Arena, 7 o'clock face-off. Pre-game show starts at 6 o'clock. We'll get you set up for it on the VGK Insider Show from 4 until 6 from T-Mobile Arena. Caller number 10. Caller number 10 coming away. That uh, is caller number 10 to 702 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. Caller number 10 will give you two tickets to see the Golden Knights and the Vancouver Canucks, the back half of this home-and-home series. One-timers, news notes around the National Hockey League continues from Treasure Island, Studio 31 and Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. New Jersey Devils uh, season without the Stanley Cup playoffs just got a little bit worse as uh, Jack Hughes 
26 goals. He's second on the team with 56 points in 49 games. Uh, he set career highs in goals, assists, points, power play goals, power play points, shots on goal in just a third season. Uh, that's a lot there. Uh, he's out for the season, been shut down with a low-grade MCL sprain. That's too bad. Uh, I talked to him on the Trip Podcast earlier this year. The yeah. guy is a just a beauty. There's not a topic that guy won't go to with flair and sizzle. Jack Hughes is going to be a star. Um, I Ridiculous as it may seem. I, I know we, we gave hot takes at the beginning of the year. I had one for Jack Hughes, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it was. Um, I, I think I pegged him as a 30-goal guy. He's not going to get there, but the only reason he's not going to get there is because he's getting shut down. Jack Hughes has been phenomenal this year, and so I'm just going to push my, my prediction down the road to next season, and hopefully it's a fully healthy season for Jack Hughes because I think next year is the year of Jack. Uh, from talk of a 30-goal guy to a 30-point player, and it's Ryan Getzlap announcing today that he will retire at the end of this season. The Ducks' captain uh, has 282 career goals in 17 seasons, all with the Ducks. He's one of those rare players that was a captain of the same team for a decade and put up uh, 1,000 points with that same team. Incredible performances. Uh, he was a two-time Olympic champion, or is a two-time Olympic champion, and a Stanley Cup champion, one of 13 players to ever uh, accomplish that feat. So uh, pretty cool. Good on you. I, I was surprised he came back for this year, quite honestly. And he's going to uh, step away from the game. Anaheim is 14 points behind Vegas for the uh, second wild card, so they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, so Ryan gets laugh is interesting, right? Like, obviously, early on in his career, gets... Uh, a taste of ultimate success wins the Stanley Cup and then he's been kind of in in the limelight when the Ducks have been fantastic and good I, I remember like we talk about that Jerome McGinla Vincent LeCavalier fight and and it's it's one of those Stanley Cup final moments that we all kind of agree is is one of those that, that stands the test of time uh, Ryan Getzlaff Joe Thornton threw down in a, in a big-time fight in, in, I believe, the Western Conference Final. I'm not remembering the year, but it was one of those moments where a guy not known to drop the gloves is going to show up for his team, is going to lead by example, is recognizing of how big that situation, that moment is. Um, I have a lot of time for Ryan Getzlaff, and that is saying a lot, coming from a guy that used to root for the other team uh, in Southern California. Um, so... Heck of a career, uh, really fun player, and uh, I just wish that he would have like trusted his shot a little bit more. I just imagine all the goals he left on the table by not shooting more. He agonized over last year's trade deadline. He and his wife yeah. admitted that uh, it was a couple of sleepless nights, and eventually they decided uh, Anaheim had done so much for them that they, they were going to uh, finish the career uh, as a member of the Ducks. But uh, here's, uh, here's one for you. He's going to play his final game when the St. Louis Blues visit uh, later this month on April 24th. That's not the final game of the season. The Ducks will finish with two games on the road, but Getzlaff will not make that trip. <laughs> so he's going to finish at home, which I, I think is is, is cool. Uh, I like that idea that uh, your final game's at home. You walk and you it's an early retirement you, you you're out of school early yeah yeah it's it's like senior day right like you, you yeah. get to leave early I'm, I'm all for that the only thing that i request and i don't know if the like if 
if the Carolina Hurricanes can just wear whatever color pants they want to, um, bring back the maroon and teal for one night. Please let Ryan Getzlaff's final game be in the rightful jerseys of the Anaheim Ducks and not the atrocities that they're wearing today. You want to explain that whole Carolina Hurricane thing? Yeah, they're they're just they're wearing black pants with their white jerseys tonight, and they typically wear red pants with their white jerseys, and it's immediately jarring to me to see the wrong pants on. And like mm-hmm. it, it goes with their kit, obviously. Like they wear black pants with their black jerseys, but it's it's not the status quo, and they just they just do what they want. It's Carolina Hurricanes. That's what they do. You, you want to know the explanation for it? The the made up explanation that you have, or no? Freddie Anderson forgot his That's red pants not and he's playing gold tonight but mm-hmm. they had the black pants already there because yeah. of uh, a, a game later on in the uh, on the schedule so they all just decided to wear the black pants just like when little tommy uh for the under 12 team yeah. uh, forgets the socks to go with the the kit that they're supposed to wear and yeah. everybody everybody has to switch because you got a match sure. that's what happened there so it's, it's just one of those weird things uh, with carolina playing buffalo tonight in buffalo weird to me that you you say it's freddie anderson's fault because earlier it was sebastian ajo and then you told me that it was tuba terabine oh i know but i i just got just, those names i mean every up. everybody seemed to have forgotten the pants today i know and it's uh, really just a shell but i mean whatever uh maple leafs against the panthers uh, i want to update you there maple leafs have scored five goals they're about to sweep florida huh. so maybe toronto's getting hot at the right time uh, nothing uh, is there anything from austin matthews on a goal scoring front there well, hold on. I want you to pump the brakes just a little bit because this is the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is right now 5-3. to three. Toronto yeah. had a 5-1 lead, uh, but the Panthers have scored the last two goals, and there's still six minutes in the second period. So um, usually for a Leafs team that collapses in the third period, they started the party early. Uh, no goals, unfortunately, for Austin Matthews, uh, but does have three points one secondary assist and two primary assists uh the out-of-town scoreboard that we're watching from a vegas golden knights perspective is underway yeah the nashville predators and the minnesota wild uh we are rooting large for kirill kaprizov and the minnesota wild who are on the power play right now but trail nashville 2-1 islanders and stars are just underway go isles and later on tonight Got my Brent Burns jersey on right now as the Sharks take on the Edmonton Oilers and we need a victory for San Jose. Or we would like one. We would take one. If we get help out of two out of those three, that'd be pretty good. So I I know that I said the the Minnesota Wild were going to help the Vegas Golden Knights tonight after watching the first period um, and Marc-Andre Fleury swimming. I don't don't think that's going to happen. Don't judge a book by its cover. The cover is the first period. Uh huh. I'm judging the book by its cover. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, the, uh, think, who was it? Right. Todd the other day that uh, that said he turned off the game and then came back for not, for overtime. I'm not turning off the game. I'm looking at what I'm seeing and realizing that this is not the Wild's night. Do you were you a person They're that over, turned they, off they, games? What's that? Like, would you turn off games? No, 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 no. Like when I when you I have a rooting interest. No, when yeah. I have a rooting interest, and like it's been a long, long time in hockey that I've had a rooting interest. Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't turn games off. I, I've never done that. I've never understood that. I don't leave games early. I've never understood that. It doesn't make any sense. And maybe that's just because there have been some like big time comebacks um, in my hockey fandom based on the team that I rooted for as as a kid. So um, 
Yeah, I, you just you never leave until the game's over. I don't turn it off, but I become a lot more productive around the house. Start doing all kinds of little uh, jobs and little if walking, things. If I'm watching hockey, I'm watching hockey. I, uh, I start uh, tidying up. Don't laugh. No, you don't. Come on. Uh, actually, I, was, I wasn't even talking to you. I was talking to my wife who's listening right now. Yeah, that's right a now. joke. <laughs> uh, one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Uh, comes to you every day during the uh, 5.30 time slot as we bring you up to date on news and notes from around the National Hockey League with uh, one-timers. Coming up next, catching up with Chapman on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. So last night was the NCAA basketball championship game, North Carolina and Kansas. And I know a lot of the talk has been about, well, North Carolina blew a big lead at the half. I think the largest ever in the history of the NCAA championship game. Yep. I'm not going to remember the game for that. I just thought the second half was one of the best halves of college basketball that I've watched in a long, long time. Generally, Final Fours don't live up to the hype. Usually the games aren't great, but Carolina gave us two fantastic games in that Final Four. The game against Duke, which was back and forth the whole way, and then last night, they were up by a, by a basket with a minute to go. So I thought that, that, that it really lived up to the hype and the expectations, and it turned out to be a pretty good game. I'm a little sad Carolina lost because I, I, I was pulling for them. But uh, funny occurrence, years ago, I was connecting in Seoul, South Korea, on my way back to uh, where I was living in Asia at the time. And I bumped into Bill Self, who is the coach of the Kansas Jayhawks at the airport in Seoul, Korea. It was kind of kind of funny. And I said hello, told him I'd seen his team play a couple times, asked him what he was doing in Seoul. And they apparently had just played in the World University Games at the time. And they, they actually won the gold medal in the World University Games that was taking place in Korea that year. So just a strange coincidence that I was in Seoul and he was in Seoul. And so I'm happy for him. Nice guy. Did he give you a shout out last night? No, of course not. He probably would never even remember bumping into me. But uh, no, I mean, I, I've I actually seen the Kansas Jayhawks play a bunch of times in person. And I've always kind of liked watching them play. I like him as a coach and maybe not the cleanest program out there. But uh, a lot of programs are, are... Oh, throwing some shade. Well, no, they are under investigation by the NCAA for uh, skirting bylaws. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought the game was good, and it was two teams I, I enjoy watching. So so I... You almost had a Chris Weber moment there at the end. Oh, that could you imagine if they lose the game Stepping out by of the kid steps out? Oh, that, that would have been bad. By the way, Darren, can you name three Led Zeppelin songs? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday. Wheels on the bus. And uh, itsy bitsy spider. That was uh, painful. That was painful. Yeah, that was pretty good though. No, no, with three nursery rhymes, right <laughs> out the back. Can you guys do itsy bitsy spider? The no. itsy bitsy spider went up the water spout. <laughs> so uh, let me let me bring this let me bring this back on the rails for uh, those of you that that are focused in on things that are important. Yeah, the Nash, yeah, the Nashville great. Predators have a 3-1 to one lead over the Minnesota Wild. Uh, 12 seconds left. Nashville, three power play goals in really? that first period. Yeah, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are now up 5-4. to four. Uh, Shalgren took a wrist shot to the face and left the game. Jack Campbell into the game and uh, was E-bug beaten, alert. I think, on his first shot. So I hope Florida comes back and wins that game. E-bug alert. I mean, that's literally Florida all year long. All they do is come back. 
So Campbell's second game back. Yep. From a rib injury that kept him out three weeks. Yep. And he's going in cold. Yeah. Allows it for e-bug alert. Yeah. Toronto, and this will be the time that the e-bug doesn't stop anything. Because it would go in for Toronto. You you believing that Toronto's winning this game is funny. Eh. Not happening. Got to believe in something. I guess. Got to stick your neck out. How about a little wheels on the bus to take us home? They go round and round, Darren. They go round and round. Chat with you tomorrow, 4 o'clock on Fox Sports Las Vegas.